Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, animal folks, and welcome to the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewlett, and it's our fifth anniversary on the air. We'll be playing a very special segment with Fred Bergendorf and myself that was recorded back in 2006. As many of you know, Fred was the founder of the Pet Place and he wanted to do all he could to help homeless pets. He passed away several years ago and is still missed very much by the humane community. But his legacy continues and I hope you'll enjoy this very special anniversary tribute. And after our halftime break... David Hendrickson, founder of Hendrick Boards, has some very cool information about his skateboard and apparel company that gives back to animal shelters. So stay tuned to this wonderful anniversary edition of the Pet Place Radio Show, and we'll be right back on AM 1260. Okay, Fred Bergendorf here with the Pet Place Radio Show. Our co-host is Marie Hewlett, and she's a former animal control officer and currently a columnist with the Orange County Register. And good morning, Marie, and I understand we're going to be talking about some of your best of columns. We sure are, Fred, and I have lots and lots of stories to tell. Okay, great. Very articulate, I must say, Marie. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and, you know, um, you're uh, such a great columnist for the Orange County Register, and before we get into some of your best of things, I just have to ask, for those of you out there who um, don't read the or can't get the Orange County Register on a regular basis, say you live in the L.A. area, Marie, uh, can they also access this online? Oh, absolutely. All they need to do is go to orangecountyregister.com and register your name and uh, your own little password, and you can read the entire Orange County Register online every day. All right. Now, tell us uh, just briefly how you got into this um, and writing the column and what's it about. Well, I always used to write all the press releases and all of the informational material for the Orange County Animal Shelter and Animal Control, which is also veterinary public health. And I've got a pretty long history of writing for various things. And I was also always in touch with a lot of the pet news people anyway, just on a regular basis. And one day I was having lunch with Marianne Dell, and we started talking about writing a column and some ideas about it. And she suggested I go ahead and write a column for the Orange County Register, and that was about 15 years ago. And I'm still writing. I get lots of wonderful questions from all the readers who have lots of questions for me about their animals and wildlife and anything pet-related. Okay. And when does your column appear? It appears on alternate Tuesdays in the life section of the Orange County Register. Okay. Why don't you share uh, some of your best of stories? I just thought that would be very interesting for all the listeners out there this morning. 
Well, we've had some pretty interesting questions come in over the years. I had one person write to me who wanted to know how I could advise him to get rid of cats that would come onto his property. And he had heard that if you leave plastic jugs filled with water out in front of your front lawn, that that would scare off cats. You're kidding. (laughs) No. Apparently the cats would come and they'd see their reflection all warped in these jugs and they'd be afraid and they'd run off. And unfortunately that is an old wives' tale. It does not work. So I told him, don't do that. Just talk to your neighbors and tell them to keep their kitties indoors. I get lots of questions about wildlife. People are concerned about coyotes and opossums, and lots of people wonder how they could keep their cats safe from the roaming coyotes in the neighborhood, and the simple answer to that is keep your cats indoors. Some people write in to me with behavioral problems regarding their dogs and their cats, a lot of litter box problems, that sort of thing. Do you recall anything specific in, in this area you're just mentioning? Well, you know, a lot of people decide to get rid of their cats and their dogs when they start having problems with using the litter box or going to the bathroom inside the house. So I don't have a very specific one because I get so many of these questions, and they're always the same thing. People are just on the verge of getting rid of their pet because of a behavioral issue. It's so simple to retrain a pet. It just takes a little time and a little patience and, most importantly, consistency. And if people would follow through with those three basic things, their pet would be an ideal little companion in no time. Unfortunately, a lot of people won't take that time. And the next thing you know, their pet is at an animal shelter waiting for a new home Mm -hmm. with a behavioral problem, which makes it that much tougher to get it a home. And so I try and write my columns in such a way that people will really take heart and try to put into practice the suggestions that I give them. And I do hope in some small way that my column is helping and people who share those similar problems will go ahead and give it a try. Now, do you find that people generally tend to take your advice? Well, I do get some success stories. People write me back and they say they went ahead and they gave the ideas a try and sure enough, everything worked out okay and Fido is doing well and Fluffy is doing well and I love getting letters like that because it really makes me happy. My most recent column is actually one written about adult cats in animal shelters. Some of the volunteers of the Irvine Animal Shelter had written to me to let me know that they're having a special event during the month of October If you adopt a cat that's at least one year old, the price is only $65. And that's an amazing deal because it comes with its vaccinations, a microchip, it's spayed or neutered, a free vet exam. When you consider that price and all that you're getting, it's really wonderful. But the problem they're having right now is they are getting so many adult cats, and the only cats that they're able to place are the kittens because people mistakenly think that if you adopt a kitten, you could train it from day one. Training training a kitten? (laughs) And I think people don't realize that's a big mistake. That's a big misassumption of what you're getting into. When you adopt an adult cat, you're getting a mellow cat. Usually you're getting one that's already litter box trained and is already happy to sit in your lap and purr instead of climb up your back and sit on your shoulder with all its nails out. And if you've ever had a kitten, and I've had a few, you know that at 4.30 in the morning, if you happen to move in bed, all of a sudden your toes become prey. (laughs) That's right. And it's really pretty startling. I mean, all the things you have to go through when you're raising a kitten. Now, eventually they are going to grow up into wonderful adult cats. 
But by the time that happens, you really have to put in a lot of time and a lot of effort to turn them into nice, content adult kitties. And so when people adopt these little kittens thinking everything's going to be great because they're cute and cuddly, they're in for a rude awakening. Uh, I was going to ask you if you ever have any food-related questions. Yes, I do have some food-related questions from time to time. People have some ideas of what they could give to their pet, especially around the holidays, and that's a great question, Fred. A lot of people are wondering if it's okay to give some of the Thanksgiving leftovers. Right, right. And and that's never a good idea, even though your pets will beg for all that food and they love every little bit they can get. The food is actually so rich and so difficult for them to digest, it can actually make them quite ill. And, of course, if you give a pet a turkey bone, turkey bones can splinter and cause serious, serious intestinal injuries, and they could be lethal. So you, it's a good idea. I mean, if you want to share in your Thanksgiving feast with your pet, that's wonderful, but make it some actual pet food. Don't make it your people food. You know, I'm glad we're into this uh, discussion about food because as we get into the holidays, you know, uh, chocolate comes to mind, and, of course, that is a no-no with uh, with animals because it can cause uh, serious problems also. But then now you've uh, uncovered something else that I really just hadn't thought about recently is the riches, richness and the inappropriateness, I should say, of some of this uh, food, you know, the leftovers people have. It, it's really not good for the pets. And as you say, um, the bones, for example, they can cause a, a real serious situation. They sure can. And, and just as a general rule, have some special treats on hand for your pet. They love those just as much, and they feel just as special if you're giving them a pet treat as if you give them your, your human leftovers. And pet treats are designed to be healthy for them. So mm-hmm. that's what you should be giving them. And I'm glad you brought up chocolate, too, because that made me remember Halloween coming up. That's right. Absolutely. And pet owners really need to be careful around Halloween. It's got all kinds of visitors that will be coming to the door dressed in costumes. This is very scary for a lot of animals, um, dogs in particular, who tend to be barky at the mailman or any other stranger that comes to the door, have the potential of biting little trick-or-treaters that come along. So it's best to put any dog away into a bedroom, close the door, play some soothing music so it doesn't keep hearing the little kid shouting, trick-or-treat, trick-or-treat. And if you have children that are going trick-or-treating and they're bringing home all their candies, again, don't give the candies, don't give any of those treats to your pets. And then finally, one of the more difficult things to comprehend is some people around Halloween will actually steal black cats from neighborhoods. Yes, and yes, I know. And they're used for ritual sacrifice, and sometimes it's just kids pretending to be involved in these things, and they think it's lots of fun to, to hurt um, black kitty cats. And if you have a black cat or a dark-colored cat especially, keep them in the house probably for a good week before Halloween and maybe a few days after. I recommend, of course, keeping your cat inside all the time, but 
if you absolutely can't do that, at least keep them in around Halloween because there truly is a risk for letting kitties out during the Halloween season. Well, not only that, Marie, but uh, you being a former animal control officer, I know there's an embargo, actually, on black kitties. They do the same thing, do they not? Exactly. Most animal shelters have a moratorium on adopting out black cats during the Halloween season. Now, if you find a black cat at an animal shelter that you truly like, you can go ahead and adopt the kitty. You just can't take it home until after the holidays are over. Well, Marie, uh, your column, I can tell, uh, varies widely and uh, covers a lot of issues and topics, and I'm certainly glad that you're able to do it on a regular basis here for readers of the Orange County Register. And um, again, for those of you who uh, don't subscribe or not in that area, Marie, why don't you give that online location again for others that might want to read some of your past columns and keep up with what you're going to be writing about in the future. Sure, Fred. It's www.ocregister.com, and then you could just do a search for pets, and all of my columns will come up, all of Marianne Dell's columns will come up, and all the other pet-related articles. Okay. Well, that's terrific, and we'll be uh, chatting with you a little bit more on the show as we interview some of our special guests coming up, but I want to do something right now that is is pretty special to me and I just um a couple of days ago I was just thinking about this and decided to go ahead and do it here on the show and um those of you who listen to the show on a regular basis know that I once in a while like to take a hit song that's animal related and play it here on the pet place this is something a little bit different this is taken from a 2 CD set called Concert for George and it's a memorial for the Beatles George Harrison who died on November 29, 2001, in Los Angeles. There was a special concert. A lot of his musician friends performed at this. It was held at the Royal Albert Hall in London one year later, following his death, on November 29, 2002. And the song uh, has some significance. It's called I'll See You in My Dreams, and a lot of the lyrics I think you'll find are appropriate to what we're going to be talking about and performing this is Joe Brown he does uh, the vocals and the ukulele and before I play it I just want to uh, tell you that a lot of us out there myself included of course uh, when we lose our animals and we feel terrible about it and um, this is sort of a memorial I guess you could say for those of us who have lost animals over the years and I think it's very fitting to play this so as you hear it you might want to just close your eyes just contemplate the wonderful pets you've had in your life and this is a memorial to them I'll see you in my dreams
your charms Lips that once were mine Tender eyes that shine you in my dreams on the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Fred Bergendorf. We'll be right back. You're listening to the fifth anniversary edition of the Pet Place Radio Show. I hope you enjoyed our very special Tribute with our 2006 segment with Fred Bergendorf, our beloved founder. And I am now back in the present day with David Hendrickson, founder of Hendrick Boards. Welcome, David. Thank you, Marie. Thank you for having me. So, skateboards, eh? Yeah. (laughs) The listeners are probably saying, what does that have to do with animals? (laughs) Well, um... I started my skateboard and apparel company. Uh, We just launched our new website in May. And basically, I'm here to talk about William, my rescue dog, and how he inspired me to create a company that gives back to shelter animals just like him. Oh, what kind of dog is William? He's a chihuahua mix. He's a chihuahua mix. They think he's mixed with terrier or pug or something like that. Wow. And uh, is, is he always at work with you? Uh, yes, of course. <laughs> I take him with me every day to work. He rides on my longboard with me, either in my arms or on my board. Oh, gosh, you're going to have to send me a photo, and I'll put it on our website. Of course. I'd love to. <laughs> so he's a spoiled little puppy then. Oh, definitely. <laughs> okay. Well, that is so wonderful that, that he inspired you to give back to animal shelters. What shelter did he come from? I actually met William when I was, um, I've been volunteering in shelters since I was 16, and um, I was at the animal shelter in Orange, the animal care shelter, Mm -hmm. 
and um, I had seen him bring Brock back, and all I seen was this like little tiny dog and these big, giant, goofy ears. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, like, I really have to see, you know, this dog and hear his story. And um, actually, he uh, he was poisoned. Um, his mother was being poisoned by their owner, and um, he was he came in. He was only about seven and a half pounds. Um, yeah, he was really um, malnourished and really sick. And I walked in the back, and he was in a uh, shelter all by himself. Wow. And there was probably 20 people around, and we just connected. He stared at me, and I stared at him, and I just knew that this dog was special, and I needed to rescue him. Oh, and the rest is history. <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, how long have you had William now? I've had William for about three years now. Okay. And um, does everybody uh, at Hendrix Boards have a good time with him? Of course. He's uh, a... <laughs> He loves people. He loves other dogs. He loves being around the business, and he, and he loves being the face of HendrixBoards.com. <laughs> okay, so HendrixBoards.com, that's where people can take a look at all of your skateboards and your apparel. And then do you have some information on there also about your giving program for the animal shelters? Absolutely. I would love to um, explain the donation process. Oh, sure, yes. Let's hear all about it. Um, so I created a line called Board for Barks, and this specifically gives back to uh, local and national animal shelters so that, um, say, you're a customer in Oregon, mm-hmm. and you purchase from our line Board for Barks either a skateboard, a T-shirt, or an accessory. Mm-hmm. Um, that will trigger a donation to your state's shelters. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And so what if somebody that. wanted so. a very specific shelter? to get the donation. Is there a way that they can suggest you do that? Definitely. We have a contact form on my page, and we're always looking for new opportunities to support local shelters in everybody's state. Okay. And how's that being accepted so far by, uh, I mean, I, I think of skateboarders, and I know skateboarders all love animals, but I don't think most people, when they think of skateboarders as a whole, think of them as a very... Um, socially conscious group, shall I say. <laughs> so what's um, been the reaction of, of people who are patronizing your website and looking into the Boards for Barks program? Is it pretty positive? It is positive. I mean, like, with any new idea, um, you have to support it with the facts. And the facts are, you know, skateboarders aren't the only people that want to give back, but they also are, are, are an untapped resource with... Um, giving back to animals specifically. So HendrickBoards.com gives those, that youth group maybe that may not have a, a tool or a vehicle to give back. You know, HendrickBoards and Board for Parks is that way that, you know, it's an opening, it's, it's educating them, it's, it's a way for them to get the products, but knowing that those products are triggering donations to shelters, it, it's almost opening their eyes to what, you know, what we can do as skateboarders and, you know, all the community people. Oh, that's just wonderful. So you're also changing the image of the skateboarder from uh, the radical kid who doesn't care about anything to the socially conscious, uh, environmentally friendly person. (laughs) It's important to change those misconceptions. Um, You know, I myself have come into that being a skateboarder and having to defend myself and my idea and my cause, but, you know, it's important. It's important to know that we all want to help and we all want to give back, whether it's skateboarding whether it's just wearing a T-shirt or wearing a bracelet Mm -hmm. or giving back in any different way. We all want to help. 
And I understand you actually do have eco-friendly products. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yes, of course. Um, our longboards are made out of bamboo. And um, the important thing about bamboo is it's, it's not a wood, it's a grass. And mm-hmm. it, it grows, it can grow up to three to four or five feet a day. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah, so us using bamboo in our, in our boards really saves the environment. So not only are you getting a really cool product, and the stains that I use on each board are I make the stains from coffee. Wow. So, yeah, every stain, every paint that we use is hand-created. So you're, you're getting not only a product that's good for you, it's good for the environment, and it's good for pets, and it's completely 100% chemical-free and safe. Oh, that is so cool. And is bamboo actually strong enough to be a durable skateboard? Definitely. We use bamboo in our longboards, and we use a five-ply process meaning we have three plies of bamboo and two plies of Canadian maple, mm-hmm. giving it the, rigid, the rigidity of the maple and the flexibility of the bamboo, and both creating a stronger, long-lasting board. And they sound like they're beautiful boards, too. They definitely are beautiful. I'm a bit biased since I make them, but they are beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and, and is William's face adorning every board that comes out of your facility? We actually have a, skate, uh, a T-shirt with his silhouette on it. It's one of our top-selling shirts on our Board for Barks line, and um, our Board for Barks T-shirts are printed on 100% organic cotton. Okay. So our T-shirts, our T-shirts are also eco-friendly um, organic cotton. Cotton in general is 10% of why we use pesticides and chemicals. So if we use organic cotton, the process of creating that cotton there's no chemicals or pesticides used. So it cuts down on all those chemicals that we're releasing into our earth. You buy organic cotton, it's a simple step to really be eco-friendly and conscious. Wonderful. So listeners, check out HendrickBoards.com, and you're going to see all this stuff. And, David, I'm always so pleased to hear about businesses that give back to the community, especially to animal-related causes. So thank you again for all you do and for coming on The Pet Place today. Thank you, Mary. I appreciate it. We need to take our final break of the morning now, but when we return, it's time for Pet Place News and Events coming right up on AM 1260. We're back on the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewlett, and it's time for Pet Place News and Events. Summer has definitely arrived, and have I got a destination for you. On Saturday, July 23rd, head on down to a doggy pool party at Three Dog Bakery. The event will be held from noon to 3 p.m. at 924 Avocado in Newport Beach. There will be several kitty uh, doggy pools for your canine companions to frolic and wade in. For more information, call 949 949- Seven six zero three six four seven, or check out our Pet Place calendar at petplace.org to find this event and many more. Well, that's all for me today. Remember, pets need love and a home too. We'll be back next weekend with more of the Pet Place here on AM twelve sixty. I'm Marie Hewlett. Please stay or neuter your pets and have a wonderful day. Mm-hmm.